Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. We're here to unpack sports, faith, and life. And we have got a full show for you today. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, behind as I like to release this on Mondays, but we are one week away, now less than a week away, from the Unpacking It Golf Tournament presented by Strategic Planning Corporation. And this is our big event of the year, our big fundraiser. And, and so we do this uh, in Charlotte, and we're going to have over 100 golfers, and it's going to be just an awesome day. And some former guests are, are going to be joining us. Corey Miller, Eric McLean, Nate Sally, Jericho Cotri is going to be out there. Uh, so it's just going to be a, a blast and, and really looking forward to it. And if you aren't able to make the event but want to support it in some way, uh, you can still donate and, and support us and, and support the ministry and, and, and all the, the work that we're doing here at Unpacking It, including all the podcasts. And so uh, check out unpackingit.com slash donate, unpackingit.com slash donate. And, and just thank you in advance for your support. And, and you can you know kind of uh, indicate that you wanted to, to go toward the golf tournament and, and just our big fundraiser. So feel free to do that if you feel led. So today on the show, I do want to recap the NFL weekend. A lot going on, a lot of interesting stories. And, and I would say that the stories go a little bit beyond the field. And so we'll, we'll, we'll unpack some of that. And then also... I'm a huge NBA fan, and I'm also a Lakers fan. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a Jordan fan. I'm a Kobe fan. So I've got a lot to discuss when it comes to the NBA, and so stick around for that. Also, I'll do the the unpack this at the end of the show, asking the question, what fuels you? What motivates you? And so we'll look at that a little bit. Uh, But before we do all of that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. A couple of the big stories. Of course, Dak Prescott going down. It's devastating. And what I found so so fascinating, you know, the injury is a a huge bummer. and, And for him personally, it's just awful. And if you listen to the Chris Marigos podcast, really talked about injuries in the NFL, and so uh, you can hear some of my thoughts on that. But I was a little bit surprised and blown away with the outpouring of support for Dak Prescott. Because let's face it, there have been a lot of players injured so far this season. But I think there was, from the players, they felt bad for him because of the contract situation. But for fans, just your average NFL fan, we like Dak. We have no problem with Dak. We, we feel like Dak has, has done a really nice job in Dallas, and even though the Cowboys are a team that you know ha- half love them, half hate them type of thing, they're on every week. So we've watched Dak a lot, 
And and so we see, I mean, we see them on national TV. They're, they're always the four o'clock game, it seems, or Monday night or whatever. And so we, we've watched them over the years. So it was just a, a big blow to the Cowboys. And when looking at the NFC East, it was the Cowboys divi- division. And I still believe it's the Cowboys division because Andy Dalton can play quarterback. He's even better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's debatable whether he's better than Nick Foles, but but he's in that that realm of you know borderline starting quarterback, backup, and depending on who's around him, he can really thrive. And the fact that he he put the Bengals in playoff contention at times, he did make the playoffs in Cincinnati, which is hard to do. It's not like he was ever surrounded with a ton of talent. He did have AJ Green at at times, and when it, when he wasn't injured, and Joe Mixon at times, but. Uh, I am intrigued to see what Andy Dalton can do in Dallas, and I'll be rooting for him. I like him. Uh, I like when guys get another chance, when they've been written off somewhere else, you know, the Ryan Tannehills of the world. Uh, I'm not sure if Marcus Mariota will get a chance in Las Vegas, but that type of situation, uh, it's nice. Even Cam Newton in New England. Guys that, hey, we're done with them. Let, let's go somewhere else. A little bit different than Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady. Um, but but guys that even in kind of the middle of their career, the team that drafted them gives up on them and, and they go somewhere else. Uh, Nick Foles would fall into that category, I guess, as well. So uh, so so it's, it's going to be good. And I do have Ezekiel Elliott. So I, I hope they run the ball a little bit more uh, with, with Andy back there. But we'll, we'll see. Mike McCarthy. He doesn't seem to like to run much, does he? Oh, my goodness. The other uh, interesting story was. Alex Smith and and Washington and and watching him go out on the field and I don't know Scott Hansen on the red zone was saying oh we got goosebumps I don't know if it got in my head but I I think I had some goosebumps because you, you just you know what guys go through to get back out there well, we don't really know but we we know it was hard and 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 you you realize wow a couple years out from playing life threatening career threatening injury there he is out there under center. And I do think there are two ways to look at it because the one way is, wow, the, the perseverance, the, the strength, the willingness to, to get back out there, even though he already made plenty of money older, you know, law, later in his career, didn't have to go back out there, but he did anyway. And so his kids can look out there and see their dad overcome the odds and, and show that, that, that perseverance and resilience. Then the other side of me at least has to go wait why 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 are you out there with the 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 sorry Washington football team that has no hopes of doing much this year maybe they turn things around but this is a struggling team and you're gonna put yourself out there you've got I think he has three young kids and a, a a nice wife and all that you know they're there for you why bother playing football give it up who cares? It's football. Why, why put yourself out there again? Why get tackled by Aaron Donald? It's not worth it, man. It's just not worth it. But that, that, that's an individual decision. And, and so as fans, hey, we love it. We cheer for him. It's awesome. I mean, everybody was cheering for him as well. And, and I wrote about that on Monday. If you, if you missed the devotional, uh, you can check that out on unpackingit.com. But talked about Dak and Alex and how we, we can rejoice with those who rejoice and, and weep with those who weep. And, and so we saw that. We saw that on Sunday with, with both of those kind of you know, opposite ends of the spectrum. 
Alex making it back from an injury, Dak going down with an injury. Very, very uh, interesting for Alex Smith. And then the fact that he he probably won't be the starter. It looks like they're going to go back to Kyle Allen. And, and that goes back. I, I don't understand why Carolina got rid of Kyle Allen. That, that, that was very abrupt. And I, I know Rivera liked him a lot. And so I guess they, that was almost like a parting gift. All right, we'll send you Kyle Allen. To me, it was worth bringing back at least as a backup. He's a young, he's a young guy. He showed glimpses last year. He, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, but, man, you'd like to at least keep him a, a little bit longer. That, that, was, that was interesting. So the fact that Washington's going back to him, I think, says, says a lot about Kyle Allen as well. And they probably realize, too, I, maybe they're throwing him out there to get beat up because it's going to be tough, tough to be a quarterback in Washington this year. That's for sure. Uh, a couple other uh, quick things from the, the NFL weekend. Watching the Texans get a win. It was funny last week's show. I record it and then get get done recording, and Bill O'Brien gets fired, and you know, kind of push. You hate to push for guys to lose their job, but they needed a spark, and things seem to to have changed at least one game for for the Texans. And you know, poor Romeo Cornell. I mean, he's not really in the position in his career to take over a head coaching job, but I guess in an, an interim circumstance, interim role. He, he can rise to the occasion. He's been in the league forever. I, I think I heard Tony Dungy say that Romeo Cornell was a mentor to him. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, Wade Phillips, there, there, were, there have been times when he was a head coach or even just later in his career where he, where he made a, a big difference on teams. And so it, it's possible that Houston could keep this going. I'm not going to make any drastic conclusions based on, on one game, but they still got to get that running game going a little bit more with David Johnson. He had like 90 yards, but I, I want to see I want to see more. It was good to see Brandon Cooks play well at receiver to complement Will Fuller. So so Watson, he's got decent weapons, but you look out there and you go, yeah, they're missing something, aren't they? Yeah, they're missing something. His name's DeAndre Hopkins. So that's the, that's the tough thing for Houston. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. That's brutal. The the other team that, that I want to talk about, and, and th- this is the hometown team, the Carolina Panthers, going into the season, my thought was, all right, the offense looks good. You, you've got, I actually, I thought the, the Robbie Anderson signing was, was really good, but he's been way better than I thought. But it was him and, and DJ Moore coming back. You're like, yeah, he'll be better. And then if Curtis Samuel could be healthy, he'll be tough. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey back there. And let's see even Ian Thomas at tight end basically taking over for Greg Olson. Yeah, I think I think the Panthers can score points, but the defense isn't going to be good enough and they won't be able to win the close games. Whew. Three in a row without Christian McCaffrey? I mean, this is unbelievable. And I talked about Matt Rule last week and I, I'm all in on Matt Rule. They're playing tough. They're playing hard. They're playing motivated, inspired. They you look at the sideline, it's like, yeah, they got a grip of the the team. They know what's going on. Joe Brady, calling good plays, getting the right guys involved, getting the most out of Mike Davis, who I, I didn't buy into. This is a, a really great story, and they haven't necessarily beat anybody just yet. Arizona, Chargers, Falcons, you know, all those teams have shown glimpses. The Falcons, of course, we'll get to in a moment. But, uh, you know, we, we saw what the Chargers are capable of, and, and Arizona bounced back with a win. And they're, they're not like, it's not like they beat the Jets for three weeks, but. The, the, the Panthers, at this point, you have to say, could they win the division? I'm not sold on the Saints, which I told you before the season. I'm standing by that. I know, I know they've got some wins, 
but they're barely winning, and, and eventually it catches up to you. I, I really believe that. And then on the flip side, the Chargers keep losing close games. Eventually, that has to turn around. Maybe not this season, but eventually you look around and go, hey, guys, we got talent. We're in all these games. And, and, and now Justin Herbert showing why he was a first-round pick and, and why he could potentially be that franchise quarterback they need now that Phillip, Phillip Rivers is gone. But, 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 but back to Carolina, the, the, the fact that they are doing it without Christian, I'm not sure what we gather from that. Does it, does it say that, okay, the Panthers have a great system in place, they've got multiple weapons that they no longer have to rely on just one guy to be the focal point of the offense, which he has been for the last few years. And it makes you look back and go, man, why did they not bring in other running backs to rotate? Where was Mike Davis last year? So I talked about that last week on last week's show because I just it baffles me. But now the idea that McCaffrey comes back, you don't have to rush him back because they're winning games without him. Now you have complementary pieces. From a fantasy perspective, we never like a running back committee, running back by committee. But now, as a fan of the team, you absolutely love it because you want guys fresh and, and you want to utilize more weapons. So they're, they're in, in a position to do that, which is really exciting. And then, you know, speaking of Alex Smith, the Teddy Bridgewater story is a great one as well. You root for him. And as you, you see Dak Prescott go down and you think, oh, man, the tough journey ahead of him. You look to Alex Smith, you look to Teddy Bridgewater as examples of inspiration, and, and that's what, what Bridgewater is, and he's, he's playing really, really well, protects the football, the, just the things you want out of a quarterback. And, and you look good against Atlanta, too. Who, who They do not have a good defense, so that helps, and um, that was a, a positive win for them. But then on the flip side, uh, Atlanta finally moves on. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been wondering, when are they going to move on from Dan Quinn? I thought after the, the, the one comeback, uh, I guess against the Bears, I thought that was the end, and it wasn't. They gave him uh, another week or two. At that point, it was like, all right, I guess he's going to ride out the season. But sure enough, they, they do move on. And, and so this is a great thing for Atlanta because they need a fresh start. And I was actually calling for Raheem Morris because oftentimes young coaches get a, a job too soon. This happened to Lane Kiffin. This happened to Josh McDaniels. Countless other guys over the years where they weren't fully ready to take on an NFL head coaching job. They showed glimpses as a, a coordinator or a position coach and they were, were tabbed as the, the next great head coach and they were just in over their heads. You know, Someone like Sean McVay, he's been able to thrive. Uh, John Gruden early on was a, a young head coach. And so there, there have been some, which is fine. But, but a guy like Raheem Morris, to me, needed another chance. And, and now he gets it as an interim coach. I'm, I'm maybe in, in the minority here, but I, I look at the Atlanta roster. I was high on them coming in because of the roster. They've got a bunch of former first-round picks. Calvin Ridley is a superstar wide receiver. Matt Ryan... I don't know what the issue is. I don't know why they, they can't score in the red zone. Maybe it's play calling, so maybe they switch some of that stuff up now that, that Dan Quinn is moving on. I, I don't know exactly, but Matt Ryan can play. He, he's, a, he's an upper echelon quarterback. The Hall of Fame deba- debate can, can wait for you know, later on once his career is over. But 
I still think there's something there to salvage for Atlanta this season. And this is a, a big opportunity for Raheem Morris. I, I really think that. Um, and I will not be surprised if he gets this team to respond and that spark, like we talked about in Houston, could be the spark in Atlanta. And unlike Romeo Cornell, who's not going to be hired as the head coach moving forward, Morris could potentially, either in Atlanta or somewhere else, it, it could be somewhere else just in case Atlanta wants to totally clean house. But th- th- there was just a disconnect with Dan Quinn, and, and you look to him on the sideline and you go, he, he doesn't have a grip of what's going on. Th- th- there's, there's something missing, and you can't really pinpoint it as a fan watching on TV, but you just notice something's off. He, he, he looks confused. He, he looks uninspired himself, and, and the team showed that. And I, I wish I could put into words what I, I noticed as a fan, but it just, it just didn't look good from the sidelines. And you hate to draw too many, many conclusions based on the, the quick glance from the camera onto a head coach, but I think there are some coaches where you look over and go, yeah, yeah I got confidence in that guy. Oh, yeah, he's got this team going. Mike Tomlin, you just have confidence in him. John Harbaugh, yeah, some of these guys, you just, you just know that they, they'll, they'll figure things out. Even in the bad game, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it turned around. We'll, we'll figure things out. No, no problem. That was not the case in Atlanta. Um, all right, a couple other thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think Cleveland, the, the Cleveland Browns are for real. I, I think you can buy into them. And as long as they don't let the hype get to their heads, I, I think they're going to be right there in the mix. But I just mentioned Harbaugh and, and Tomlin. It's just, they're, gonna, they're fighting for a, a wild card, the Browns. So as good as they are and as for real as I believe they are, it's just going to be tough to make the playoffs. That's the challenge. Because I think the Bills and the Patriots will probably both make the playoffs coming out of the AFC East. So I guess they're adding another playoff spot this year. So, so that, that will benefit the Browns in, in a big way, for sure. And then the, the 49ers are a, a very interesting team to me. And I, it might be panic time for them. Because it's going to be tough, again, in that division as well. Seattle will probably run away with it. But you've got the Rams, who I do buy into, and in Arizona, they'll be up and down all year and, and make it interesting. So the, the 49ers, and, and there's so many questions with Jimmy G and the health, and just does he have it? Is he really their franchise guy, even though he's getting paid like one? That's, that's interesting. And then I've been saying every week, the, the Bucks. I, I still am not sold on them. They lose to the Bears on Thursday night, and we've probably heard plenty about that game it's a little old at this point but Tom Brady thinking it's fourth down and I what did I what have I been saying about Bruce Arians there's just something about them I, I can't I can't buy into them fully so that's why it opens the door for the Panthers to possibly win that division or dare I say it Atlanta gets hot and wins the rest of their games I, I don't know I, it's just it's totally wide open and in in this season with the Rona and games being canceled and postponed and Teams with momentum can lose momentum. It, it, it's just wild. So uh, I, I'm curious to see how the Bucks respond after that loss and, and are the Bears for real. I, I think the jury's still out on them a little bit. Uh, maybe a little fool's gold. I love Nick Foles, so I, I, I'm rooting for him. But are the Bears really up there with the Packers? Or, or are the Packers significantly better than them, even though they're both fighting for that NFC North spot? All right, so on last week's show, I, I kind of went down this path a little bit, but, but I'll, I'll bring it back. The, I've noticed that when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL, 
there are are certain guys that we make our minds up on them uh, about them early on in their career, and we have a tough time going back against what we initially thought. And and so sometimes we can't be convinced otherwise. And we'll do this for star quarterbacks as well because when we look at Tom Brady, we look at Drew Brees, we look at Phillip Rivers, and we don't want to believe that they're slowing down or we think, yeah, no, that guy's awesome. Like, it's Tom Brady. What are we talking about? Tom Brady. Yeah, but he got confused with what down it was. And, yeah, but it's it's Drew Brees. Well, Drew Brees just doesn't seem to have the same zip. Like, he can make a couple big plays in the game, but consistently throughout the whole game, he's just not playing as well as he did throughout his entire career. And it's coming to an end. But we, we still cling to, yeah, but it's Drew Brees. And, and we do that, I think, with Josh Allen, with Ryan Tannehill. And so I'm, I'm recording this before tonight's game, so... I don't know how this will affect it, but my, my, my opinion. But I think those two players are very similar because Tannehill, we weren't quite sure, eh, can he really play quarterback in the NFL? He wasn't, he wasn't especially hyped coming out. And then in Miami, he showed glimpses at times, but had some injuries and coaching issues, and, 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 and the Dolphins ended up moving on from him. But then last year, it was like, eh, is, is Tannehill really – the guy in Tennessee, can they really build around him? Can, can he be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Tennessee? Is that possible? Can we believe into it? Believe that. And, and we go back to, yeah, but remember Ryan Tannehill in Miami? No, he can't be that good. And Josh Allen, we, we didn't know much about him from Wyoming. And we think, I, I can't buy into Josh Allen. But the reality is, he's an MVP candidate this year. We'll see what he does tonight on, on Tuesday Night Football. Can we actually buy into him? And I think Justin Herbert is an interesting one because I don't think anybody knew much about him either playing on the West Coast and, and not maybe watching a ton of his games if you're an East Coast guy. Um, there was some hesitation with him coming out. And, and so he's burst onto the scene. Are we buying him as a Chargers quarterback? And have we made up our mind? Are we making up our mind right now because we, we watch him on against New Orleans and we're like, this guy's for real. We saw him come out against Patrick Mahomes, and I was listening to Colin Cowherd earlier today, and he's all in on him. And so, all right, is that what we're doing? We're buying him already. And, and have we done that for quarterbacks in the past? Did we buy into Sam Darnold a little too early? Did we buy into Jimmy G a little too early? And so, oh, well, well he played for New England, so he's got to be good. Okay, let's see. Kyler Murray. For me, once I watched him on Dan Patrick a couple years ago before the draft and when he was hemming and hawing between baseball and football, I wrote him off. I was done. I was like, ah, I'm not, I don't think he's the real deal. And then he came out last year, played really well. He's been a little up and down so far this season, but he's put up some big numbers. Like He's had some big weeks. He runs the ball really well, but I'm still hesitant to buy in. And so I've kind of already have I've already got my mind made up uh, on him, and so can I can I change my mind about him? We'll see. So who's that quarterback for you? Who who is it that you just you 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 either you're hanging on to him? Oh, Drew Brees is for real, or you're not willing to accept that maybe he really is a good quarterback. I think Derek Carr is falling into this category. Did we write him off and now? After a big win against Kansas City, are we hesitant 
to, to buy in on him. So who's that quarterback for you? Teddy Bridgewater. You wrote him off as a, a guy. Ah, he's injured, and he came into Carolina, and, he, and he's a, a stopgap quarterback. He's not a real quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. What if he is? We may have to change our mind on this. We, we may have to. We have to be open-minded with Teddy Bridgewater. And so you look across the league, and we have to start considering some of, some of these guys. Gardner Minshew, where do we come out on him? I, I think the, the, the Jags need to go all in on him. Let him be the guy. I like their weapons. I really do. All right, so those are my thoughts on the NFL. Uh, let me transition because I, I want to get to the NBA and let me say this first. I love the NBA, and in May and June, and even July for free agency, in a normal year, I, I always think to myself, I'm like, I love the NBA so much. And that's normally how I feel. But this year, from August to October, it just never felt right. I, I, I watched games. I kept up with the playoffs. I, I watched some of the finals. I didn't sense the intensity, the, the, the crowd and the electricity and the excitement and, and, and seeing the, the broadcasters down on the floor with the crowd behind them. And, and, and you, you can feel through the TV, you've got the towels waving and everybody in you know, an all-white crowd uh, with T-shirts on or all yellow or all red or whatever the team is. And, and so you can look into the crowd and see that. Because I think about the Warriors. The Warriors come to mind because they've been in the finals in, in recent years. And, or Cleveland. And, and so we've, we've missed out on, on that. And so as great as the NBA uh, attempted to make the playoffs, and, and there really were some good storylines, some incredible performances. We saw the emergence of, uh, of some certain players like Damian Lillard and Devin Booker and teams like the Pacers overachieved. And how about the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler and, and how hard they played. And, and I think Eric Spolstra proving what a great coach he is. And so there was so much there, but just as a fan, as a genuine fan, and, I, and I, I'm not, some guys, you know, wrote off the NBA because of their whatever the, you know, the NBA was promoting or not promoting and all that kind of thing. And what was on the back of jerseys and not on the back of jerseys. And beyond all that, I'm, I'm not getting into all that. I, what I'm talking about is what the NBA product was, and it's a total package. And, and so for, for me, it just wasn't the same, and it was hard. And, and so I say all of that because I, I love LeBron, and I love the Lakers, and I want to see them win. And, and in a year where we lost Kobe Bryant, and, and if you listen to my podcast after – you know, the death of Kobe Bryant, I talked about my fandom, and I've got his jersey hanging in, in, in my office right now. And so I'm glad the Lakers won, but I have to tell you, it wasn't like I was jumping out of my seat, and, and it, wasn't, it just wasn't the same because football is going on right now. And, and so that factors into it. And like the time of year matters, and the location matters. And so all of that are, are the factors that I'm, I'm talking about. You know, the, even the announcing team of... You know Paul Pierce or whatever, they would have been at the game and they weren't there. Or Ernie Johnson and the crew during the, the Western Conference Finals. All of that was different and it just it, it took away from it. And, and so I guess I'm just I'm bummed because I'm so glad the Lakers won, but it just wasn't the same. And so beyond that, um, I hope they can get kind of back on track a little bit 
and and so we can have the the NBA Finals during a time that the N, the NFL isn't taking place. So I've got multiple TVs, but Sunday night, Seattle, Minnesota, that was an awesome game in the NFL. And, and I'm so entrenched in fantasy football and, and just the, the, the weekly NFL games to try to fit in the NBA into the fall. It was just really hard. And we all have to adjust. The NBA made the most of it. The ratings were down. I understand why they were down. But I don't think we have to draw all these conclusions that people don't like the NBA anymore. People like the NFL better, and especially in the fall. It's just what we're used to. It's what we, we, what we embrace. I'm about the same when it comes to NBA and NFL. I, I probably give a slight edge to the NFL just because more like other people are, in, are like the NFL, so I can talk about it more. I can relate to more people because of it. But, but my first love was the NBA. When I was 10 years old, I fell in love with the NBA. And it was the Jordan era and the start of the Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson era. That was when I, I was collecting basketball cards and trading cards and uh, with other guys in the neighborhood and going to the village shop to buy packs of Fleer Ultra or Upper Deck and all that. So I, I love the NBA. Uh, so I'm, I'm bummed for the NBA that they missed out a little bit on a, a great story with the Lakers. Because we are witnessing, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player to, to ever play basketball. And, and so watching LeBron and what he's able to do out on the floor, he's a man amongst boys. He, he's as dominant as the big men have been over the years, the Shaqs, the Kareems, and, and uh, Will Chamberlains and all those guys who dominated physically. LeBron does that physically. He's as fast as anybody, as big and strong as anybody. And, and so you just watch him out there. And, and, and I, I think he can do whatever he wants out on the floor. If he wants to shoot, go to the rim, dunk it, whatever. Mid-range, pass. He's the best passer on the, on the floor. He can do it all. And, and that's incredible to watch. And so we, we missed out on that a little bit this year because not everybody was, was tuning in, watching. And, and now, of course, everybody's coming out of the woodwork to, to argue who the greatest is. And, and I was thinking about it today. It, it, my opinion is LeBron is the greatest, but I don't have to convince you to believe that a, about him. There are bands that I think are the greatest, and they're the greatest to me, that, that when I listen to them and I turn on you know, their, their album to, to listen I, I think this is the greatest song or this is the greatest type of music. But I'm looking for something different. I, I'm looking for a sound that is different than your sound. You know, the greatest movie. My, my favorite movie is Meet the Parents. I think it's the greatest movie. But you don't think that. That's not your favorite movie. That's not your greatest movie that you've ever seen. And I don't even think we could agree on a, a standard to... to Say what the greatest movie is. Don't give me Gone with the Wind or West Side Story or whatever other one is up there. I don't know. Who knows? But not to me. That West Side Story, that was a snooze fest. Gone with the Wind, never seen it. Don't want to see it. Uh, so, yeah, the greatest is different. And even, you know, I think my daughter is the greatest daughter ever. And my wife is the greatest daughter ever. But to me, the, 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 to me. So as, a, as an NBA fan... As I'm watching, I think LeBron is the greatest. And my favorite player is Kobe. And second, Jordan. Third, LeBron. 
Actually, David Robinson's probably in there too. But, but of those three, those are my favorite players just as far as who I like. But I think of the three, LeBron is probably I, I like him the least I, because I like the killer instinct a little bit more. Uh, the, 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 the ruthlessness of Jordan and Kobe was fun to watch. And, and the fact that they scored and shot the way that they did, just the way they played for me was more fun to watch. And, and it, it got me a little bit more excited. But from a, a, a fan looking at who the, who the greatest player to step out on the court has been, I think it's LeBron. And it's through my lens of what I'm looking for. And I'm, I'm looking for a guy who can do everything and do it at an elite level. And that's what I see in LeBron. I'm not, I'm not even factoring in the accomplishments. And I think that's a fun debate as well. When you start comparing what LeBron has accomplished to Jordan or Kobe or Kareem and Magic and, and Bird and, and the other greats of the game. And, and so I don't think we have to land on who the greatest is. And I also don't like guys downplaying. My boy, I love Jim Rome. Uh, he's not really my boy, but I listen to Jim Rome as well. So if you listen to this podcast, I may mention Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, or Colin Cowherd. Those are the three best radio hosts in the country. Those are, those are the guys that have influenced me over the years and who I look up to and listen to and enjoy. Rome doesn't want to get into the GOAT debate, and that's fine. And I don't, I don't watch First Take. I don't watch Skip Bayless. I, I don't get into all that. But, uh, but, I, think, but I, I get into this conversation with my brothers, my dad, my friends. It's fun to argue who the greatest basketball player is. But I, I think we're looking for different things, and it is a fun debate. And it's just interesting to hear what others value. And so whether you're talking about a movie or a TV show or what's the greatest you know, sitcom of all time, the Seinfeld versus The Office debate is a good one. And I can see arguments for both. I like the comedy of, of Seinfeld a little bit better. better. But, I, but I like The Office, and I like Parks and Rec. I watch those, both of those, those shows as well. But I, I think Seinfeld's the greatest. I watch Jordan, and, and I understand the love for Jordan, but it's not, and, and for me, it's not downgrading Jordan. Like I don't think you could take anything away from I'm not I'm not going to sit here and criticize Jordan to make my argument for LeBron. I'm just saying I value that LeBron was able to win with three franchises, and I value that he was able to do it with different supporting casts, different superstars, different coaches, different owners, different GMs, different fan bases, all of that. And, and actually, he took four teams to the finals, four different teams, because the Cleveland team with uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love was different than the team with Eric Snow and Booby Gibson and Danielle Marshall and uh, Zildrunas Elgaskis. That is really hard to do, to go to the finals uh, with four different teams, and and then also to go, you know, different eras. Even I mean, LeBron's been playing for seventeen years, and the fact that he's been to ten finals out of seventeen is unbelievable. I've been an NBA fan for all these years, and when the NBA finals are on, LeBron is in the finals. It's just like if you're an NFL fan and you watch the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's in it every year. It's just, that, that, that's the, you know, the sense that you get. And so I look at LeBron and the things that I value, the consistency, the longevity at an elite level. He didn't take a break 
midway through his career. And I, I don't want to downgrade Jordan, but I'm just saying that's not my point. I, now I'm going back on what I want to do. But, but I just think the consistency of LeBron where he's hardly ever injured. He was a little banged up last year in L.A. and a, a, probably a blessing in disguise. But then they were able to get Anthony Davis and, and now look what they've been able to do together. But LeBron is still the best player in the, in the league. And so was Jordan at, at the age of 35. But and if you look at their stats at the age of 35, it's really interesting. Uh, I saw this image today. In the finals at age 35, Jordan averaged 33.5, LeBron 29.8, four rebounds for Jordan, 11.8 rebounds for LeBron, 2.3 assists for Jordan, 8.5 assists for LeBron, 42.7 field goal percentage for Jordan, 59 field goal percentage for LeBron. That's ridiculous. That's Like I was saying, he can do anything on the floor, and he can score in any way that he wants, and nobody can stop him. There is nobody defending, and nobody really defended Jordan either, but nobody is defending LeBron. Like, you can kind of slow him down on a few plays a game. You miss shots when you're just shooting out in the backyard uh, or with, you know, with nobody guarding you. So you're going to just miss shots here and there. But LeBron... So 59%, I mean, th- those are just shots you're just missing. Like, nobody's stopping him. Nobody's affecting those shots. That's what I, I just don't think that. Uh, maybe here and there, maybe a few. But he's at will doing what he wants out on the court. That's how good LeBron is. And so that's what I look to. Um, I think all the, the intangible, uh, even things that were re- revealed in the last dance, about Jordan is what we just we've grown to love and appreciate about him and that's why people cling so hard to to Jordan but when you just look at what LeBron can do out on the court and the fact that every year in his career he's gotten better in some area he he worked on his footwork he worked on his free throws he worked on his three-point shot he worked on his back to the basket his passing he led the league in assists this year he led the league in assists as a power forward, maybe he played point guard, a point forward, whatever position. He's positionless. That, that's, that's incredible. So I'm not taking anything away from Jordan or downgrading him, or I don't, I don't think that's what you have to do. And I was listening. I did hear uh, Nick Wright on, on Dan Patrick today almost ripping on Jordan in order to promote LeBron. I don't think that's needed. I, I just find 10 NBA Finals – more impressive than six NBA titles. I think going to the finals 10 times in, in, in LeBron's career, even though he lost some of those, because you have to factor in his team wasn't the better team in a lot of those finals, yet he got his team there. Jordan, Jordan has some good teams, and he was able to play you know, a lot of uh, continuity with the guys that were around him. Two different three-peats, so he did go with two different teams, um, but Pippen was there both times. Yeah, I mean, I think having Ron Harper and, and Rodman for the, for the three-peat and Luke Longley and Tony Kukoc, I mean, those are, those are good players. Um, so, yeah, we can, go, we can get into it a, a lot more. But, but that, that's my, uh, my big take following the, the finals. And I think the Heat are here to stay. And what's so cool about the Heat, Jimmy Butler really fits in well there. And it, very simply, he plays hard, and he's a ball player. He was in Minnesota playing with guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins that have to prove that they're ball players, that they love the game, that they're there to be, 
you know, winners. They haven't proven that yet. And Andrew Wiggins is gone now from Minnesota. But but then Jimmy Butler went to Philadelphia. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they've got to prove that they're winners, that they're ball players, that they're not just NBA players, because there's a difference. Butler, he plays hard. He wants to practice. He wants to defend. He wants to get the most out of his guys. And he is now on a team with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Nunn, Crowder, Iguodala. These are ball players. These guys are fighting to stay in the league. These guys play hard. No prima donnas. The Lake or the the Heat. The Heat are a team you can root for, and they're just not good enough to beat the Lakers when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron. I'm probably one of the few guys, but I I liked the moves and the roster that the Lakers put together. I I will I'll admit I was a little concerned. Ah, maybe they don't have enough shooters. Rondo's a baller for the Lakers. He plays hard. And Dwight Howard was actually here with the Hornets a couple years ago, and he played well. He played well. So I knew that there was something a little bit you know, left in the tank for Dwight Howard, and especially defensive. Hey, Howard, just go play defense and grab rebounds. LeBron and Davis will take care of everything else. Like, that worked out really well for the Lakers. I actually like the Lakers. I like the Heat to, to be back in the mix next year. I'm not one of these guys buying all the, the Clippers hype. And Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, I'm taking the Lakers every day. Sorry. So I got them. The Russell Westbrook and James Harden, no thanks. I don't care who their coach is. They're not, they're not better than the Lakers. Um, the Lakers will have to add one or two pieces, but Alex Caruso, guys that just play hard, that want to win, there's just a difference. And good for Frank Vogel, the head coach. I love it. I love it. He, he knew the right de- he had the right demeanor, the right approach. It's hard to coach superstars. And, and he figured it out and did a great job. So I'm, I'm happy for him. All right, so congrats to the Lakers. Really happy for them. And let me wrap things up with today's Unpack This, asking the question, what fuels you? And, and one of the stories with LeBron is at this point in his career, after all he's accomplished, you know, what motivates him? What fuels him? Does he carry the weight or use the criticism, the questioning as fuel and as motivation. And, and so he, he shared this recently. He said, I think personally, thinking I have something to prove fuels me. It fueled me over this last year and a half since the injury. It fueled me because no matter what I've done in my career to this point, there's still little rumblings of doubt or comparing me to the history of the game. And has he done this? Has he done that? So having that in my head, having that in my mind, saying to myself, why not still have something to prove? I think it fuels me. And it's so, man, I, I think he'll be back. I think he wants to keep winning. I think he wants to keep, you know, proving himself and all that. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure that other things motivate him and fuel him beyond just trying to prove people wrong or trying to prove that he's the greatest or you know, whatever that proving means exactly. But for us today, I just want to use it as an opportunity to ask the question what is our motivation? What fuels us each day? What are we trying to accomplish? And why are we pursuing it? Why are we pursuing what we pursue? And we could probably admit that some of our fuel is misguided, selfish, or even from a place of insecurity. And, and many of us feel like we have something to prove or want to get to a certain level or be viewed in a specific way by others. And, and so part of that, yeah, maybe does go into to, to what fuels us. And, and all of that isn't necessarily a bad thing. But as followers of Jesus, we have to ask ourselves if we are keeping our motivations rooted in him and aligned with his purposes. Are we relying on our fuel to come from him beyond anything else? Or 
are we lacking the proper direction and motivation? And so do we get up in the morning driven to be successful by the world's standards? Or do we get up inspired to follow the one who died and rose again for us? So Paul asks in the Bible, he says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we know that life is filled with challenges. Every day we've got to continue to remain motivated to keep going. And so my hope for each of us is to remain fueled by Jesus. Consider what our motivation is when following him. Because are we motivated to to serve him, to obey him because of our love for him? Or is it based on obligation or convenience? Because Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so today, let's be fueled by Jesus and our love for him. And let's put into practice what Paul also writes in Colossians. Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. So I hope you're willing to unpack that today. Really consider what fuels you. And let's be fueled by God's love and and fueled to to obey him and follow him and and, and serve others and, and give generously and and be about others, and and let that fuel us and motivate us each day. Appreciate you listening to the show today. We'll be back this week for a Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast, and we've got a lot going on here at the ministry with our our big golf tournament, and and thanks in advance for your support. As we wrap things up, I always let you know, I'm Bryce, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. And I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Go Lakers. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. (laughs) 